0: Welcome to the DOS Champions Podcast, it's the 14th of February, Valentine's Day. I'll tell you, I had to do some Valentine's Day errands in order to get up here to do this pod tonight. I'm joined by the ever-righteous, the ever-tight Ryan Tooney. Ryan, what up? You know, it's a good day so far. Uh,
1: I'm excited to get to do this pod, that you took some time away to be able to to join me, I love Champions League knockout round. It is one of my favorite times of the year, to be quite honest. Things get real, matchups are great, and yeah, here we are reviewing it and uh, well, giving a little preview of exactly what's going on and, and you know who some of the key players are,
0: where we see this thing is headed. Well, you gave the audience the agenda, so Champions League it is. Why don't we start at the top? Yeah. So uh, tomorrow,
1: the fifteenth of February. There are two games. The first one, and this is probably the marquee matchup of the entire round of sixteen, is PSG versus Real Madrid. A uh, lot of talking points here, you know. With um, what do what do we go with Sergio Ramos returning, though? I believe he's injured. Um, yeah. Messi playing in, against Real Madrid, though. I don't believe he scores as much as he used to. Um, yeah, it's it, either way, it's a really interesting matchup and. I think it's a tough one to be very confident with about who is going to make it through.
0: Yeah, man, I 100% agree. It's definitely one of those matchups that's got this element of flair and um like potential that exists with PSG. You know, that that front line and they're all healthy, Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe, and Messi's been lights out this season. Those guys are all like totally awesome, but have they really been tested in the French league? And um it seems like this is this is their competition, and a lot of people I think have been sleeping on Real Madrid. But the truth is, like you have a whole bunch of people who, in Modric, Benzema, you know, the the whole kitten caboodle that's over there at Real Madrid. I mean, I could literally name every player on that roster, and they're all superstars. Many of them are are healthy and in good form and entering a uh, phase of their life where the mental part of their game is really trumping some of those physical attributes. So it's like this matchup of Steady Eddie. And discipline in Real Madrid versus like wild potential that exists in PSG that we haven't really seen tested.
1: Yeah, and you know, often these are the times where PSG and the lack of balance within their approach ends up faltering. Uh it's that's kind of where my head's at with it. I think in the end Real uh gets through this tie. Um but it just wouldn't be that surprising if uh, some of that talent from PSG uh was able to show and Boom, they get they get a couple goals up and you know, who where are we at there? Are there any key um I guess players that are missing or um matchups or anything that we should be looking at?
0: Yeah, um First I'll just say it looks like Kareem Benzema is gonna be playing. Um he's tagged as likely, and I think he missed the last fixture, if I had to guess. That was a smokescreen or just a an opportunity for the team to rest him for this game, but Casemiro is more than likely going to be out. Um, he is he's a linchpin in the center de- defensive midfield. Obviously, like for his nation, um, he's oftentimes preferred over Fabinho. So that tells you how great of a player he is. Uh, Sergio Ramos, you kind of joked around about it earlier, was supposed to be returning at some point, but he hasn't even really got to the field at all. Um, and so it really is the where I think we're kind of like witnessing the end of a star's career in Sergio Ramos. He'll be out when um, all is likely he's missed the last few games. Uh, Ander Herrera is doubtful. That's really going to hurt PSG. I'm sure they could use him and they're going to need Julian uh, Draxler more than likely to, f- to step in and fill that void. Um, and then I don't know what the deal is with Mauro Icardi is. I don't I, I don't think he's going to be playing in this game.
1: Yeah, uh, a lot of those are on the PSG side. Mm-hmm. And Coming back to Real Madrid and organization and balance, uh, Carlo Ancelotti, very familiar with these type of games. He looks like he's got his squad performing in a manner that he's comfortable with. Uh, Yeah, the more I keep talking about it, the less I'm like, oh, this seems like it's hard to call. And I'm more inclined toward Real Madrid. I will say either way, as a Liverpool fan, I am very glad that one of these teams will be eliminated. That is a good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could see as a fan, the supporter of any club, whether it's Byron, Salzburg, whoever else is in this tournament, to see these two going toe to toe or any Giants for that matter going toe to toe means an easier schedule moving forward. So um, I hear you loud and clear there. Should we move down to the next matchup? Sporting yeah, Sporting versus City.
1: Speaking of Giants, and then well, not Giants. Yeah, Sporting right. and and uh, I almost said Kansas City. That's funny. Sporting versus Manchester City, not Sporting Kansas City. Uh, so nice draw for City again in a cup competition. Um, if I didn't know any better, I'd think they cheated. But it's like every <laughs> every time they get like a great draw, uh, so. Yeah, I don't really see very much even to to go over here because I think City is just so much better that it's kind of straightforward where this is where this is headed.
0: Yeah, City are going to dismantle Sporting. I would say the only thing to keep an eye for keep an eye out for is uh the Portuguese love to play dirty. Um you know, you've got a whole bunch of players like uh Pepe being a great example of that. Um but they had in their last game i think it was against um porto porto they had a total of four red cards so um Wait, between be the two
1: teams or like between they, the two teams okay, and okay.
0: sporting had three of them
1: oh nice I, yes. I can't remember how many red cards you have to get to get the game like ended where you just like forfeit but i mean i thought you win if you close.
0: get i thought you win if you get that many red cards Oh really? That's a, yeah. a new bylaw, but well, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know the rules. That's why I've been losing all these games. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, here, if you guys like to see uh, an absolute bloodbath, either in regards to scoreline or players getting injured, this is the uh, this is the game to tune, tune into.
1: Yeah, I, I think Sporting's getting taken out back and given the old Pep Guardiola.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, they're not going to go. They're not going to take that Pep Guardiola without some resistance. Um, in the form of sharpened cleats yeah so uh moving on down the list uh we've on wednesday the 16th um we've got we've it's actually some pretty great games i mean i think we've got salzburg and bayern to start and even though salzburg is almost surely going to get destroyed this is a game i really want to tune into
1: yeah it will be fun to see if they can at least give them the best shot you know maybe make it entertaining get a goal make bayern have to sweat a little bit even though i i it would take a lot before I started to believe that Salzburg was going to prevail in this. Um, I I, I know Bayern have been what a a little inconsistent as of late, but even as we were preparing for this, I was like, yeah, but do I, does that even matter? I mean, Bayern are so class in this competition. They are semifinalists more often than not in the last decade, I want to say. And I really like expect that to shine through. And it just, uh, by the end of it, it'll be kind of a, very very obvious who the better team is um yeah
0: yeah yeah i agree man i mean we do our we do our best to like disconfirm what we think is obvious going into these games and, and both of us peg byron to be the significantly better team and so as as we were looking at byron's injury tab which they have quite a few players that like are unhealthy one of which being alfonso davies obviously mm-hmm. we're like oh man is this actually an opportunity for Salzburg they've dropped they've lost two of their last five games like maybe maybe Salzburg is like this is their chance to break through um but it just seems like every single backup option on Byron is better than the starting option for Salzburg
1: yeah uh in a lot of ways the guys on Salzburg are currently aspiring to be backup options at a place like Byron exactly um, and one of those guys our favorite really of the bunch is going to be Brendan Aronson, obviously Big brother Brendan yeah he's gonna he's gonna get minutes and this is It's really exciting. Um, This type of game, for the first time, I have to imagine as a player is just—it's a complete dream. Uh, You know, knockout round Champions League is—it's just—it's so good, and I—I'm excited for Brendan to be able to experience it. And you know what? Playing against Bayern as your first time out in one of these games—so be it. You know, he'll remember it forever, and I hope he—I hope he performs well at least.
0: Yeah, one of the things, well there's two things I want to say about Brendan. Um, shout out to Kartek Krishner who actually suggested that this was going on. There's only so many men's national team players that get routine minutes. And Brendan's one of them. Brendan and like Wes are the two that Wes and McKinney are the two that like pop out immediately. And I'm sure there's more, but for the purposes of Champions League, those are like the really well, those are like the only two American players that get like a strong minute log in competitive games. So that's one of the things about Brendan, like we're almost certainly going to be seeing him out there. The other thing about Brendan is big time players step up in big time games. Big brother, Brendan, big time player. So yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he does something. I mean, he, you know, what did he score in each of the legs of
1: the qualifying for the group stage of the champions league? And then that's he right. scored in like the cup final of the Austrian league last year. And while these aren't as big of games as the one that he's going into, this is just another stage for him to, uh, to perform on. And that goal he scored over the weekend, that nice tidy finish into the bottom corner. um, I I like how he's looking and I'm really excited to get to see him in in this capacity.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Moving on down the list, we've got uh, Inter and Liverpool. And while Liverpool seem to be the dominant team, Inter uh, Inter are, are no easy competition.
1: Yeah, we shouldn't write Inter off at all in this situation. As much as they lost players and a manager over, uh, you know, the transition from last season into this season, they've done a hell of a job replacing him, especially Lukaku. Uh, Dzeko has been a really, really good replacement. The guy, I think, doesn't get enough credit for the entirety of his career as perhaps he deserves... He's, I believe, the only player to have scored 50 goals in the EPL, in the Bundesliga, and in Serie A. And that is a a well-traveled professional, and it's, when you see it from that light, not that surprising. He was able to fill in for Lukaku, and yeah, in general, this team, they have some really good players, and... You can't write them off you just can't i mean they're i don't know if they're top of the Serie A any longer after the loss against AC milan but they are an extremely competitive well-coached team and they have a bunch of veteran stars so
0: despite they a really balanced midfield as well like um you know you might you might consider barella more of a wing player but he definitely drifts into the midfield to receive but you've got like You've got Vidal, you've got Barella, you've got uh Perisic, you've got mm-hmm. Brozovic and like these guys are just all like established very, internationals. Exactly, all established internationals that are like very strong technically. They're going to be able to move the ball around. They're going to be able to cope with a lot of the things that Liverpool are going to throw at them. They're not like young professionals that are going to fold under pressure when Klopp rolls out a crazy press. So, yeah, so
1: at the, at the least we know that they're not going to be making it easy for Liverpool. Um Liverpool has been so incredibly suffocating in the way that they play recently that for me, it's really difficult to look past how, how much they actually are going to throw at them and whether or not it, it just in the end is going to be be too much, especially when you consider the the class and the depth that they have in attacking areas, even off the bench now that they don't, didn't really have in, in seasons past, um, they can blitz a team and then just If it didn't work, turn it around and throw on some guys that are, I don't know. Is it actually better than the starter? And then like go right back at them. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes for inter. I think they can, they can hold the door for a little bit, but, um, you know, they're going to get overrun.
0: Yeah. They're definitely not going to be able to hold door against, uh, inter for an extended period of time. Um, uh, well, I should say Inter's not gonna be able to hold or against Liverpool for an extended period of time. Yeah. Uh that's quite the Hodor remark for me. But um I gotta know Luis Diaz has looked absolutely phenomenal in his um in his first um few appearances with Liverpool. He's had one or two appearances so far.
1: Um, I think it two, is three now. Three one a sub appearance, a start, and then another sub appearance.
0: Okay. Yeah, he looks really, really strong. Um I told you this the other day and um, it's going to sound weird because there's already a guy here who occupy this role. And maybe I'm like kind of just drifting off to mem- um Kind of like reminiscing, but he reminds me of Luis Suarez in a lot of ways. Um, he's got this like physicality about him and this like incredible focus to receive the ball, receive it with a physic with like a, with his physicality. Then control the ball and then take a defender on one on one and be extremely dangerous. And those all strike me as qualities that Suarez has from strength to speed to footwork to finishing.
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting player to compare him to. Um, the fight and directness, I, I can I can see as as being related, though they do you know obviously occupy different positions and aren't aren't um, necessarily you know like for like players in, in any way really. Uh, the mentality thing that you're you're talking about in the directness. Um it, it seems to be kind of a Liverpool trait in general with their recruiting, uh, especially recently. You know, Jota has a lot of the same things that you're describing there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of which, like who is who is their best? I mean, Salah has got to be their best attacking option.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100 um, percent. And then it really does get interesting. Um, I don't know how you you can't really get past Mane as the primary left winger as much as you want to get all infatuated with DS maybe. Uh, the one that of the original front three or whatever that it, it truly has been usurped, I think now is is Bobby Firmino, and um, there's some there's some sadness with that because the work he did and the unique way that he did it, Absolutely. I think, is something that Liverpool fans and and really soccer fans in general have embraced, and he's almost like changed the way that people think about the number nine position. Yep. I I really think that the we wouldn't be in in soccer circles talking about the false nine in the same way without what he's done recently. Sure, the false nine's a concept that's been around for a while, actually, and a lot of different people do it, but the prominence of Liverpool and Bobby Firmino has, has really, really gotten a spotlight on that role. But at this point in time, Jota, I think he's just a better option.
0: Yeah, man, that was so well said. Um, I'll only... Uh, diminish what you said with any further comment um you're the Liverpool fan here and I, I thought you sized that up pretty well so why don't we move on down the list to Chelsea and Lille yeah Americans yeah I like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> fuck yeah dude yeah so this is the Pulisic
1: versus Wea game we'll see how much either of them play um who's more likely to get to play
0: oh um I would say like Wea is like almost guaranteed to play he he seems to play in every game and um, the name escapes me. The player that Leal let go recently uh, via transfer. It was supposed to open up a significant amount of time for Weya, but Weya oh, just yeah. like the coach seems to want to use Weya off the bench, but does it very consistently. And Weya performs well off the bench. So Weya's is like the super sub. And either the game gets out of hand and Weya comes in earlier, or they need to close out the match and Weya comes in. Um, so that's how I see it.
1: Yeah. Well, and. You know, Pulisic might actually get the nod here. I, I don't. I don't know exactly where the rest of the Chelsea squad is, but he came in for um Mason Mount over the weekend in the um, Club World Cup. Played pretty pretty well, so I wonder if if it's kind of, you know, here you go, Pulisic. Let's see what you got next game situation right now for him. So maybe, yeah, maybe there's some hope.
0: I could see that, and I don't know. Like, we haven't seen Chelsea in a lot of like. We are. We absolutely need to win this game. Like, what game do you think was more important to them—the club World Cup or or this game that they have coming up against Lille? This game. Yeah, and so when was the last time we saw Chelsea be like, "All right, we need to roll out the best of the best." We've seen a lot of them this season, um, helping know, some game help help...
1: City in the league, maybe, right? Or something? Right,
0: and and like that. Even even then, like, was there? team healthy and were they even able to deploy the creme de la creme so i am curious to see because like i do think that pulisic and of course like i'm I'm a little bit of a homer and can't escape that bias but i do think Polisic's skill set goes really really well with lukakus
1: oh absolutely I, i agree with that i've been pining to be able to see more of that since the beginning of the season and just with the the injury overlaps and all the crap that's gone down at chelsea it uh it really never has manifested itself yet um hey maybe it will uh against leal here um it it really it it could i see renato sanchez is questionable though which is uh unfortunate for leal because that guy's an exciting player and he's a real engine in their midfield
0: yeah it's not helping them uh pull off an upset to have him gone but questionable we'll see if he plays
1: and the t- same time slot, unfortunately, they just put all the Americans on at the same time. Um, Villarreal versus Juventus. So uh, Villarreal won the Europa League last year, taking down Manchester United. I view them as a very difficult team to play against. I don't think they make it easy on anybody in any game that they play with the, the style that they have and um, the real professional attitude most of their players bring. Uh I think this may end up being a little bit tougher than you would initially think for Juventus.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, Juventus haven't been like blowing teams out. This isn't like the Juventus of old. And um, I don't really know what the, what the reason for that is. Like they haven't like absolutely been lighting it up in the transfer window window. Although I'll, I'll know in the, in the, Winter transfer window, I think they were the biggest spenders. And that was like the first time that we've seen them spending big. But Juventus have seemed to be more of a, a selling club as of late. Um, I They haven't been dominating teams. And like you said, Villarreal is a, a tough matchup. So I think Juventus is really going to have to earn it. But I do believe they have the firepower to get this done.
1: Yeah, the the striker signing in January, it looks like an extreme hit the guy seems like a super class finisher with a ton of confidence. What's his name? Vlavich. I'm probably butchering that. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but he, he looks like quite the player and yeah, he, the, like the type of guy that you just don't get surprised when he scores once a game, basically he, he looks like that kind of player to me. And, uh, that, type of guy actually does i think help in these these matchups where it is really going to be a grind and you need that extra bit of determination and quality at the at the front to uh take advantage of the slim and uh you know not as frequent opportunities that will probably present themselves
0: yeah i agree i think this could be like a huge coming out game for juventus in some ways because um Dusan Vlahovic. I'm, I'm like butchering that was his name. better than me. I did my best, dude. I, I, can't read good. Um, but he's, uh, he's like a le- he, I love my left footed players, and he's like an absolute stud. He hasn't had a ton of time to play with Juventus yet, and if they can like find a way to like unlock him and unlock some of the strengths in their team, they're a pretty well balanced team at this point. And so if this is a, if this is a game where they go up and clean up, go out and clean up, then. This could have some serious implications for even their league player, their confidence moving forward. Um, So it's kind of a big game for Juventus in that regard.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we haven't said his name yet, and in all the other times that we're mentioning Americans, we tend to get to their names more quickly. But I think Weston fits into right exactly what you're talking about here. He is going to bring the energy that's needed. Uh, He seems to have this really positive, this infectious positivity about him when he's at his best and it's shining right now. Um, and you can tell that the other players kind of are latching onto it. Like I, I saw an interview or at least a snip of an interview recently where Chiellini was getting in, uh, interviewed and he's just joking about how, Oh, my p- poor English is better than Weston's. And and just like, you can see him beaming um, with a smile when he's talking about Weston. And it, the first thought that really came to my mind was, wow, Weston really fits in here and I, I, maybe I read into this type of shit too much, but like when I see somebody like Giorgio Chiellini talking about Weston McKinney and, and looking the way he looked while doing it, I'm like, this kid is, this kid's made it this. He's one of he belongs, you know, in like so many yeah. ways he belongs. And I am hoping that the, the way you said got bust out for Juventus, I, I have to imagine if they do have some sort of like, okay, here's the new Juventus. This is where we're at. Like put it on the table moment. Weston will be there, like literally being the one putting it on the table.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think Weston, um, I mean, different people, I've, I've heard all sorts of uh, disagreement on this. Like I've heard a lot of people like kind of rip on Weston and be like, oh, he's clogging up Archer's opportunity to play there. He's not a uh, midfielder that can move the ball well. But he's obviously been included fixture after fixture. He's passing the eye test in, in every game with flying colors. Like you said, when players like Chiellini are poking fun at somebody, they do it because they like him. And winning over the favor of a veteran leader who's who actually is Italian as an American player, I don't know if that's ever been done before. Like I can't think of any American player that has – accomplished specifically what Weston's accomplished. Like we can go look at different achievements, you know, winning the Champions League like Polisic, or being one of the best young players in the world like Giovanni Reina, um, or even like individual performances that we've seen in some in some cases. I'm not sure that we've ever had a player quite like Weston. And he's obviously an integral part of the team. They keep playing him for a reason. His performance metrics are absolutely incredible. And if Juventus busts out and this is their coming out party Now you've got a guy who's like an integral part and an integral piece of the identity of this potentially badass Juventus team. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah,
1: it it really is. Uh, This is one that might have to leave work a little bit early on uh, Tuesday, the 22nd. Got it. All right. It's in my calendar.
0: Right. Ryan immediately (laughs) gets fired, and the next podcast (laughs) is about his resume. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sweet. So moving on down, um, I want to watch this game because, like, there's going to be a dumpster fire narrative coming out of it, no matter what. And that game is uh, Atletico versus Manchester United. And I say that because each team, in their own regard, is kind of underperforming. Yeah,
1: um, it's funny with United that everyone got very into like, oh, look at these signings they made and how good they're going to be now. And then it's just look at where we're at again with them. Um, Seem to be some recurring issues there uh Griezmann though he's out right he's going to be out at least this game I believe and maybe the next I don't know if it's he'll be out the next on the return leg but I think he'll be out like on the next weekend game in the league for them
0: they're in such a weird spot with him because like those types of injuries you rush people back from them and they get like worse you know they don't they don't heal out properly and you you basically can't rush people back with like soft tissue or or quadricep injuries well,
1: and this is and, a recurring injury already um, yeah. maybe i just said that but i'm forgetting but like it's a big deal to have a recurring quadricep injury as you're talking about like how do you you know you, they gotta they gotta shut him down for long enough in order for him to properly recover
0: yeah and at this point like if the, he's their best striker right now um he's he's outperforming you know obviously luis suarez and he's an integral piece of the team it's like he left barcelona and he found his identity again when he came to atleti um but he, they can't afford to go without him in league play because they currently sit at fifth in the table. So they're in a little bit of a precarious precarious situation, and this really could be like a get-out-of-jail-free card for United.
1: Yeah, a win here or advancing, excuse me, here would be a huge, huge um difference maker for them they're in a they're in a really weird spot right now they keep getting poor results united's got the quality and you know what looking at this type of game there are some some things surrounding it that make you feel like they might get a positive result you know ronaldo uh tends to do well against atletico madrid at least in his real madrid days um they have a lot of quality uh, in in other players. You know, like Sancho looks like he's kind of starting to get get things together. There's no reason to believe he won't won't show up. Rashford has had some very good performances in the Champions League over over the years. Um, I don't know, man. It's it, this this one actually of the eight fixtures may be the most difficult one to to call. Uh but you know. I I go with this, oh, look at all the mercurial stuff that United's capable of. And then on the other side of the coin, I go, look at Atletico Madrid and Diego Simeone. And I still have a lot of respect for what it is he represents. And he's capable of getting a team to do and put together like a good game plan for a team to especially stifle the opposition. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be. This is going to be a battle.
0: Yeah, I agree. It is going to be a battle. Uh, It will certainly be worth tuning into um and then final the final fixture we have in the list is uh Benfica versus Ajax.
1: Yeah, and I don't think either one of us think this is going to be a particularly close game. Um we I think are both fairly firmly in the Ajax camp here. Uh Benfica is uh you know, they put together a good run in the group stage, get themselves through and here they are, they're going to take home that uh, you know, first knockout round check and that'll definitely help them with everything that's going on uh down in Portugal with you know it, it's tough for a team like that they they need the money but uh Ajax are the interesting story here for me because they just slaughtered through the group stage they have a great coach that's put together another great team and looks poised to go you know be the dark horse team again yeah it's uh this is Ajax's to lose, and it's going to be interesting to see how far they're able to carry it this time around.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, this this has the making of a, a traditional Ajax team, like one of those guys where, or one of those teams where they just are loaded with young talent. Um, and we could be looking at this team five, ten years from now, being like, "Man, remember that Ajax team?" Um, I guess I have like a fondness for that, and I always search for it. I thought that maybe Club Brugge could be that at some point. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ajax absolutely, like you said, they like they absolutely crushed in the group stage. I think they were um, one of the highest producing teams in terms of point total.
1: I think they lo- I think they won every single game.
0: I think they did too. Um, like, it's obscene. Is there anything negative to say about IAX?
1: Um, I mean, not anymore. Didn't didn't they? Uh, you know, get rid of? Didn't
0: they get rid of Overmars? Yeah, that he was an icon back in the day. He must have. He-
1: he was an icon, but um I don't know what what is iconic about
0: him now. his uh his poor behavior with assistance and his diddling yeah uh that's not going to go over well. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to go over well
1: but uh you know, he's gone now, and I would suggest to United though, that they should literally steal everything. Ajax has like steal the ceo he used to be your goalie be a good idea steal the coach he's young and dynamic do you want a chance at having what is going to be the next big deal coach ten hog might be it uh but don't steal over mars you can probably just leave him
0: over in amsterdam yeah leave him in. yeah he belongs in the red light district that's more that's more <laughs> in space yeah. yeah um well shit i mean Can't Ryan, bring the red light district to the office no you cannot do that um Jeez, Um, all right. So, you know, this, this has been a good podcast. We got in and out of champions league in about 30 minutes and we also probably got ourselves canceled in about 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I can't believe it took us 30 minutes to get canceled.
0: Could, so we could, we made could do it a year way faster. faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have, um, all we have to do is get on with those sickos at straight red and we'll probably get canceled right quick. Oh, jeez, <laughs> I don't know what would happen. Um, dude thanks for doing the pod tonight um
1: yeah it was fun it was really like impromptu last minute everybody but uh the champion's like so worth it and you know it's it's good vibes time
0: hell yeah time to get back to some great soccer for sure all right y'all well we'll be uh we'll be coming to you live i believe thursday night we're meeting with chris clausen who's uh Uh, part of the Wisconsin Soccer Hall of Fame and one of the first Milwaukee Wave players, if not the first Milwaukee Wave player ever signed. So we are excited to mix it up with him.
1: That's going to be a good one.
0: Hell yeah. All right, y'all. Have a good night.